Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime funding. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis. Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chick in Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, welcome back. I have a very special guest with me today, Kate Phillips, who is a wealth coach, financial writer, and singer-songwriter, which is kind of interesting because we've not actually <laughs> talked about that. So I'm, I don't know if there's any favorites we have out there. But her day job is that she writes newsletters for over 6,500 investors every single week, and she co-authors top financial advisors, co-authors books with them, and just helps them grow their business. Her real passion, however, is helping everyday people free themselves from the burdens of financial stress, which we're going to be talking about at length yeah. today. So, Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jen. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. Okay, so before we kind of go into this, you know, the financial stress part of it, because I have lots of questions for you there. I also know, you know, you were also a real estate agent for eight years. So you are in mm -hmm. the space of the context of our podcast here. But you will have a story that I think everybody needs to hear because we need to all hear that we're not out on an island by ourselves. Some of the financial stresses that we have had in the past or have had right, you know, are experiencing right now. So would you mind sharing with us your story? Not at all. It is one of my missions to do whatever I can do to banish financial shame. Shame is a low vibration state to be in. And yet money is one of those areas where so many people are stressed, but they don't feel like they can say it. So everybody hides it and pushes it down. And most people are not where they could be or should be financially. But Boy, I've got most people beat with my story, With if it's a contest, <laughs> because I struggled with money through my 20s, through most of my 30s, got to a point where I felt like I really had money figured out. I was a single mom, but I was earning six figures as a realtor. I was starting to build up rental properties, had money in the bank, was really learning and transforming my own relationship with money. And I had just bought a new home by a lake, and this was in King County, east of Seattle, wraparound front porch, and you know this rolling backyard that went into rolling pastures, and I just felt like, you know, I'm kind of sad I'm on my way. And yeah. that was in 
2007. Mm-hmm. Yep, we know that. <laughs> I was teaching as well. I was teaching workshops for women around money, other realtors, mortgage people, just friends, people that I knew, and felt like I had found my calling, was yeah. really helping people, you know, especially women up level their, you know, whatever was going on in their financial world. And then I went through this, you know, it was financial storm. It was this perfect storm of bad decisions, bad economy, bad timing. I ended up becoming my father's caregiver. I went through a breakup and ended up solo on the big house by the lake on the mortgage. And I had just left real estate and moved an hour away from my old market and was you know, had launched myself as a wealth coach and I became the wealth coach who lost it all. We all remember the Great Recession. My tenants stopped paying rents and I was caregiving my father and my own health collapsed and I lost everything, including my savings, my retirement. I lost my own home. I was a single mom with my father living with me as well and we had to go find a new place to live. And it was a crazy time and a difficult time, but it was also this amazingly transformative time because I lost everything, all of these outward signs of financial success. I lost the outward identity of a successful woman and I had to dig down deep and find that unshakable abundance within myself. And I had to know for myself that I'm worthy, (laughs) I can do this, I had to learn, yeah, I had to learn to believe in myself again, I had to learn to deal with shame, I had several properties that I lost or short or (laughs) um, and one of them was my former home, and I remember walking into the Windermere Real Estate that the people that were once my colleagues and listing my home that was going to be a short sale, you know, with a friend, knowing that my name was going to be on it. And people were like, didn't she used to do the wealth coaching a couple of years ago? And now she's, you know, got a home, you know, I had every home that I owned lost 45%. So I, all of my assets turned into liabilities. I was underwater and I had to define for myself what success looked like, had to go back to the basics, gratitude, Mm -hmm. Mm self-care, taking walks and like really getting in touch with the present moment because things that were happening with you. Yeah. Yes. And I learned and I'd left real estate. So I didn't, when I abandoned wealth coaching (laughs) for quite some time, I had to learn this flow of giving and receiving. And I learned that that was really, that was the magic. That was where it all was, was learning to give and receive and believing in myself and loving myself, taking care of myself. And, you know, and it slowly started rebuilding. Yeah. I love that story because, you know, a lot of people have that similar story, right? They may not be saying it, but they have that similar story. and. Imagine that a lot of people that are listening have been through it and maybe on the other side, just like you, they've now come full circle and can now breathe a little bit more. 
But I think there's this undertone of fear of that happening again. You know, I've experienced it with some of the people that I coach is that they're, you know, saying, I'm just afraid to do anything because I'm afraid that, you know, all that will be taken away from me again, you know. And so I've really honed in on and really talked about a lot is creating a really good, strong foundation for yourself. So so I, I really like that. So thank you for sharing and being real about that because I know it, it's still hard to do. And so when we think about financial stress, because that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is the financial stress solutions. I know that there is a white paper out there and I have it, by the way, it's a little older now. It's probably four or five years old, but there's a white paper about the impact on productivity of employees due Mm. to financial stress and the impact on their health, which then leads to them missing more work, right? And having more health bills and, you know, things like that, all because of financial stress. So I think that this is a a great topic for us to be discussing today, not only to help those that are listening, but for those that are listening to also be able to see some signs, perhaps, and be able to help their clients through any challenges that they see that they might be having if, Mm -hmm. if their job is the type of job that could, you know, warrant that guidance. So Let's just Mm -hmm. dig right in and talk about the importance that you see in the financial stress solution and how someone can get started. And, you know, one, recognizing, am I kind of walking around like this and I don't realize I am a fear and really overcoming that. And then, you know, some steps, and I know you've got four steps to this, but, you know, some steps to kind of come out of that and say, you know what, I am in control of me and my finances. So take it away with uh, your thoughts about how to identify. Yeah, I think one of the first steps is just realizing how many people are financially stressed. Survey after survey says seven out of 10. You know, it might be six out of 10 in one survey and eight out of 10 in another, but it's seven out of 10 Americans name money as their top stressor. And I think, and I'm actually going to give you a different formula because my financial stress formula. We used a peace formula in it. And the P stands for perspective of prosperity. It really all starts in, it's a mindset shift. It's becoming acquainted with the present moment. But here's what most people try to do. And I actually, somewhere on my website, have a financial stress quiz. I did it years ago, even before my storm And I was shocked when I realized this big thing about the quiz is the quiz was asking people, are you having trouble sleeping at night? Or are you worried or fearful about the future? Was your health being impacted? And all these questions about how financial stress was impacting them. And when I got done with this quiz, I looked at it one day and I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't ask people about their money. I didn't ask them if they had an emergency fund or, you know, if they owned their own home or, Yeah. yeah. And I realized how much financial stress exists in between our ears, even more so than inside of our bank accounts. And that's where the transformation has to start. We have to get a hold of our mindsets and start to believe in ourselves again, you know, start to be able, because when we're in 
panic and fear. We have these negative habits. People are, they get stressed and they're, you know, drinking a little too much, too much caffeine, too much alcohol, self-medicating, not sleeping at well, night. And, even, and, and then even, it's a downward cycle. Yeah. And I would say even from a business perspective, you know, they're like cats on a marble floor. I mean, they really are just, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme. They're so hungry that people can see it. And it's actually a deflector from your success. We used to call it commission breath. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, I like that. Loan officers, you guys should like that for your realtors. Sorry, realtors. <laughs> but that's really good. It, yeah, that's what I'm exactly what I'm talking about is commission breath, you know, money making breath. Yep. So we've got to learn to manage our interpretations and whatever's happening in the present moment, be able to really create what we want instead of just be in reaction. And Take those stories, even if we're having a challenging time with money, you can label yourself a loser or you can say, hey, this isn't working. What should I try next? And so often we don't need all of the drama. There was so much drama in the Great Recession. And one of the ways that I got through my storm was just disconnecting from the drama. Even when my home got foreclosed on, I realized, you know, I needed to go find a new home. I had no credit. I had no cash reserves. And I realized that, well, gosh, I've moved, you know, 15 times in my life and there doesn't have to be any drama in moving. I can just make a decision. I can just make a decision. Guess what? This home didn't work for me. I need to find a new home and go and do that without all of the drama attached to it. Do you think at that point though, maybe your shame was bigger than the drama? It's easy to disconnect and say, hey, I've I've moved 15 times, so I'm just moving again. But do you think the shame was the overlying blanket that was pushing you down a little bit? You know, I really busted through that. And I think I busted through that and I needed to bust through that before I even moved. And when I went out and found a new place, I had to argue for my worth and why I was going to be the best tenant ever. I knew that I was competing against, you know, other, other people going through the same thing. Yeah. Well, and I was also competing against tenants that had good credit scores yeah, <laughs> for not losing their home. So I had yeah. to convince a landlord why she should rent with me. And I did. So, but anyway, the, so the P is the perspective of prosperity and that's key. And the number two along the same lines, is empower your experience. Whatever experience you are having, whatever challenge you are having, we need to learn to empower ourselves in that moment. And that includes self-care. That includes stress management. That may include yoga. It may include, you know, journaling or meditating, learning to handle whatever it is we are up against in the moment so that We are taking back control that even, you know, we can do difficult things well. We can do difficult things with grace. And our circumstances do not have to be perfect. We can empower ourselves even in challenging circumstances. Yeah, and I think that that's really important too. What I'm receiving from that is about taking action you know, and not wallowing in what's happening. You could stay in bed all day. You could lose sleep all night. And believe me, I've had those nights too, you know, where I just like, okay, where's the money going to come from, right? To do something. And I can wallow in it, or I can think about ways that I could take action to get out of 
what's becoming a spiral down, right? And like you're saying, it could Absolutely. be something mindset or physical, or it could be talking to somebody. It could be just putting your foot down and doing something that you need to be doing and you know you need to be doing. But getting Absolutely. out of that pickle so mm-hmm. that you don't become the victim. And really, that becomes the enabler. That's why empowerment word is so good, because the opposing word is enabling. You know, you're enabling yourself mm-hmm. to wallow in this, this situation rather than doing something to get you out of it. Okay, so we have perspective and empowerment. What's Absolutely. That? The third one is action. Oh. And <laughs> so we're, we're I just leaving. shut up for a moment. You no, were- it leads. No. You're leading right into it because one leads naturally into the next one. Absolutely. So it may be habits. It may be looking at what we're doing with our day. You know, it could also be our habitual, you know, how we talk to ourselves or that sort of thing. But we've got to look at what we're physically doing with our bodies, what we're physically doing in our businesses. Is it working? Is it not? Do we need a new strategy? Do we need to be... It might be something like time blocking. It might be planning our week and having a sense of priority about what is really important. It may be doing the, Brian Tracy talks about, you know, eat the frog, you know, maybe it involves doing something every morning. Yeah, the nastiest thing, first thing. Yeah, yeah. The thing that we're trying to avoid doing that. And so the opposite of action then is just sitting and wallowing. Again, I've seen people do that. I mean, my brother goes through that. He is, you know, just kind of wallows in it where it's just so negative. I don't even want to talk to him. Mm. You know, and mm. He's not taking action to get out. And I'm giving him actionable items all the time. Did you this? Did you that? Did you this? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't really think you did, but that's okay. You know, to try to get out instead of sort of caving in and becoming hermit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I get that you have to think about it and you say, okay, I'm going to power myself to take some action. Then what happens next that gets us out of this? Well, the C stands for care for your cash. And so mindset is fantastic. Action is fantastic. You know, empowering ourselves and reducing our stress. All of those things are really important. And we've got to pay attention. What actually is going on? In our cash flow, you know, are we, are we earning enough? Are we spending too much? Not sticking our head in the proverbial sand, but really having those open eyes. And part of caring for our cash, it really is some strategy because one of the things that's really normalized, been normalized by a lot of financial advice is put it all in the stock market, you know, <laughs> max out your 401k, yeah. Yeah. put everything in the stock market. And even when a young person, 20s or 30s, is just getting started in their first few jobs, they are told to max out your 401k, put everything in there. And if you follow that advice, you may forget to build yourself an emergency fund first. Yeah. And yeah. then something I can't remember exactly the percentage, but I think it was over half. It was either 46% or 56% of people in the Great Recession. They were rating their 401ks and then they were paying, taking losses on the investments plus paying, you know, a 10% penalty. 
penalty plus paying the taxes. So yeah. maybe they had put in a hundred thousand dollars and they're liquidating it and they're only pulling out forty or forty five thousand. I mean, it was such a losing game. So we've got to, you know, when I talk about care for your cash, when you care for your children, do you let them go play in the street? You know, no, you're not going to do that. Your pets, you're going to make sure your pets are safe, your loved ones are safe. But it's become very normalized to put our money at great amount of risks. And it was one of the mistakes I made was over leveraging myself in real estate because I had been in real estate for so long. I felt very smart about it, you know, (laughs) have the experience of going through such a severe, well, almost nobody had had the experience of that kind of a market cycle before because I was over leveraged and, and I did have, you know, an emergency fund and I did have cash, but it wasn't enough to get me through that kind of a storm. So people who are afraid of what if this happens again, they need to be looking at where is their cash, you know, how leveraged are they, and making sure that they don't have a large amount of their assets at risk. Because when we don't have control over our assets, that freaks people out. And it should freak people out (laughs) when they don't have control over their assets. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that I was thinking is another C word, but it's like a consideration about your cash, you know, about caring for your cash. I think that it's just so easy now to swipe a card, swipe a phone, swipe an iWatch, right? Just pay for something, (laughs) you know, with an app or whatever, or sit around and look at Amazon or eBay or Etsy, whatever it is, you know, as your advice. It's just so easy to let money slip through your fingers. And, you know, it's not just the saving part, but also the, just to stop the frivolous little itty bitty, you know, it's like Darren Hardy says, you know, that he always asks everybody if they got bit by an elephant and the answer is no, we've never been bit by an elephant, but we're bit by mosquitoes because it's so seemingly insignificant little choices that we make that can add up all the time. And I see that. Happen Absolutely. You know, Hey, save 15% Absolutely. By, by getting a credit card at this store at Christmas. and you know, all those crazy little things that people are sucked into. So yeah, I think that's a very good, and, and I love that you're saying care for your cash because now it, it has like this meaning to me. It's not just money. It's, mm. it's uh, I have to take care of it. Wow. You know, I have to coddle it. And so yeah. I, love, I love that, you know, it's just being nicer to your cash, <laughs> right? Okay. So what's the E then? It is. The E is envisioning, envisioning the extraordinary. We have to have a vision of the future that pulls us forward, especially when times are challenging. (laughs) And it was really through those visions of what I knew I wanted my life to be. You know, I think I went three or more, three or four years with like no vacation. I remember when I was trying to get a loan modification that you know, I had to give a written explanation of why I had spent, I don't know, $11 at a Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But I just didn't internalize that stuff. I'm like, eh, you kind of have to have that, like you're looking at yourself, you know, from a distance and observing. You yeah, become the observer. The can't see. Yeah. 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 Like, eh, look what I'm going through today. This is interesting. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it will not always be this way. Sometimes people go through challenging times and they get used to, there can be even a emotional, psychological addiction to certain emotional states. We can become addicted to frustration, to pain. And so it's so important to be envisioning what it is that we want that future to feel like, what we see ourselves doing, what it looks like, what it smells like, what it sounds like. So I envisioned myself on beaches and traveling and having more time freedom and more cash flow. And those things have come about now. I've been able to travel the last few years. I've gone to Bali, to the Caribbean, to Mexico, to Italy, to France. I think I'm taking my fourth trip back to Hawaii. This is since the financial crash. All of those trips on cash. So I've been able to create that life that I was envisioning for myself. And I'm doing it a little differently now. You know, I'm not as leveraged as I was. I am more conservative about what I do with my cash. And, you know, I'm paying attention. Yeah. And I think if people can hear what you've had to say, heed your advice and say, don't let it happen to me. Let me take the steps that I need to beforehand, you know, I think that they're going to be better off, you know, in the long run, no doubt, no question. Okay, so those are the four steps. So perspective, empowerment, action, care of cash, and envisioning. And I love that. And all that adds up to peace. (laughs) Peace of mind, sleeping at night, comfortable, cozy. And I'm sure there's more steps that need to be taken, you know, to ensure that all this comes to fruition. But I wanted to ask you- You know, that's taking care of yourself. And certainly, you know, someone listening could take that and give that to their clients as well. But what are some recommendations, you know, you having been in the real estate space and kind of know real estate mortgage and and obviously entrepreneurship, what are some of the things that people could do to help their clients with this if they have the ability Mm -hmm. to do this? Mm -hmm. if their line of work allows for them to talk about finances with their clients, what are some strategies that they could use aside from just saying, go have perspective. I don't know what it really means. She just (laughs) and then empower yourself. And she said something about doing something, but I don't remember. But what are some things that just the average person who's listening could say, gosh, if I could remove some of that stress from my clients, because they all come, especially in these big ticket items, right? They come and they're so stressed out. What are some things we could do? Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting. The woman that I work with in my day job and helping her build her, we've really built up her business. She's got the list of the 6,500 investors, Kim Butler. We, and I say we, because it's really her and I together creating the messaging. We are constantly talking about gratitude, constantly. I just did a 10 days to abundance challenge. We're talking about Kim and I doing like a 30-day gratitude challenge. Like we need to be modeling and encouraging gratitude constantly. Now I realize this is a mindset thing, but the importance of it cannot be overemphasized that encouraging people always and modeling talking about gratitude. So we do that a lot in that business. I would say from a more strategic standpoint, we need to be very cognizant of those, you know, if you're in financial advising, if you're in mortgages, we need to be very cognizant of those 
market cycles. And right now, it's pretty clear, just looking at history, we could be going into another stock market crash. We could be going into another housing downturn. I know we've seen some things flatten in a lot of markets. So really just being wise and not encouraging people to take risks, but to look at cash flow. I think anytime when we're betting on making a bet that this investment's going to go up, this house is going to go up, rather than looking at, you know, what is the cash on cash return? Right now is a really great time to do some boring things with your money, you know, to put some money into having maybe a, some CD ladders, you know, that right. sort of thing. Finding those, you know, whole life insurance can be a great long-term place to put money. When it comes to real estate, we need to be looking at, like, now is a horrible time to go flip houses. There's too much uncertainty and volatility. So looking at making sure people can afford, you know, whatever it is that they're buying, that they're comfortable, that they're really checking in with themselves and at peace with that payment. Now, I bought a townhome last year. Homeowner again. Yay. <laughs> that took Yay. Way, too, way too long to get back into it. <laughs> when my credit recovered, I was like, ah, the prices were so high in the Seattle area. I just oh, yeah. decided I didn't want to do that. So I rented a little longer than I could have while I was making decisions. Well, I found a home that I absolutely love and my payment went down $500 from what I was paying yeah. in rent. Now I downsized a little bit and I've lost, my father's no longer with me. My daughter's out on her own now. So it was a great time to downsize. But we need to be making decisions that we can really live with that don't feel, they don't need to be risky. We don't have to be rolling the dice and trying to take some kind of risk that we hope will pay off in the future. You know, I see that as, you know, if I'm putting myself and envisioning for myself in mortgage perspective, and although I'm not actually doing mortgages anymore, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm sitting with a client, it has to be that we remove ourselves from, I'm going to use that for just a second, commission breath, right? We remove ourselves from commission breath because we go at such a, a pace, you know, in both of these industries that it's just next, next, next transaction, next person, next transaction, next, next. And Maybe if we eliminate that undertone of that commission breath and push papers aside and say, you know, tell us what your biggest fears are. Tell us what yeah. you're concerned about most and maybe ask some more poignant questions that get them to think. And we're not trying to sell them out of buying a house, but we are trying to get them to be realistic in their approach. Because I can tell you, if you give a client a mile, they will absolutely. Miles. You know, if you give them an inch, they will take five miles. Um, and you tell them that they could qualify for something higher, they will absolutely go in that direction. So now today, maybe is not the time to even talk about that until after, I'll say until, because maybe you don't do it either, but until after you had a conversation, a real adult conversation with them about money, about where they stand and how they think they're going to Yeah, be. yeah. And that for me is also towards gratitude because, you know, we want to be thankful that we have a house. We want to be thankful that we get good terms. We want to be thankful that we get all the wonderful things that will make us be 
thankful about this house rather than resent it later. Yes, yes. Right. Or worse, lose it. I mean, nobody wants to sell somebody a house or make somebody a mortgage and, you know, have them go into foreclosure later. Well, yeah, definitely that. But I'm thinking kind of in between is like, I resent this. I shouldn't have bought this. Yeah, yeah. I should have taken the time to learn more. Well, let's give them the time now so they don't rest, you know. Yeah. I think that when they're happy like that, then we don't have to be financially stressed because then we have a revolving door of referrals because of the the time that we took to care about them. And I think people really appreciate it when – a service person is not just rushing them here, sign the dotted line, but they're asking them those questions like, are you sure? And how do you feel about this? And from a financial perspective, I think there's just a simple handful of things that we can be doing for ourselves, encouraging others to do. It's building that emergency fund. It is raising our savings rate, whatever, you know, it's the worst in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Americans are saving about 2%. And you look at a place like China, you know, where people do not earn nearly as much, and they are well into the double digits of savings. We do have one of the worst savings rates in the world. So, you know, if you're saving 5%, how do you get to 10? If you're saving 10, how do you get to 15? And even though I know I'm saying this is maybe not, you know, the best time to run out and buy a house, it's never a good time to rent. And so encouraging home ownership and encouraging it in a wise, sustainable way, not, you know, going overboard and putting, you know, 45% of your income towards a mortgage is not going to be a good idea. But we've got to be encouraging home ownership because renting is one of the most dangerous things people can do with their money because they have no control. And they're taking 35% or whatever of their income and they're lighting it on fire every month. (laughs) I was actually, I'm doing, I'm waiting, but I'm actually flushing. I'm flushing it down the toilet. Yeah. Flushing it down the toilet. Well, and by the same token, you don't want your mortgage to be a glorified rental. And I think that a lot of people in their mind shift, you know, their shift, they say, oh, now we own our house. It's the same payment. It's the same everything. It's a glorified rental. But there are ways to manifest the equity in your house, you know, whether it's prepaying, whether it's improvements, whether it's diverting other funds. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways to continue to make sure that it's not just a glorified rental and it does help you create wealth rather than letting the market do that for you. And that's what we experienced in 2007 was everybody was letting the market determine what their equity was going to be in their house. Mm. Yeah. Me having control over what my equity was going to be in my house. So yeah, I love that. I love that very much. And I think, you know, for the listeners, everybody who's listening, you know, this is something that financial stress is something that we experience. It's things that our clients are experiencing. And I think it's important for us to be talking about it as we are here talking with Kate Phillips today. So Kate, as we end our time together, thank you so much. This has been really informative and I have a sense of peace, which is hilarious. Um, just in the talking about it, I have a yeah. sense of peace that... <laughs> you know, that just in every interaction that we have with our clients, right, that we need to take the time to ensure that they're going to have peace in the decision that they're making. Yes. I I mean, I feel that way is, wow, you know, 
slow down a little bit. Let's make sure that they're happy clients and that we're doing the right thing. So that's that is so about. well said. That is so well said. Yeah, we, we you're <laughs> yeah. right. We want them to have peace in their decisions and we want them to know that the relationship that they have with us, it's based, yes, we have a business relationship. Yes, we enjoy our commissions right. if we are in a commission business, but it's based on also the caring for that person. Yeah. And I know when I was a realtor, as I've worked with realtors or with mortgage people, whenever there's a situation when there's a transaction that for whatever reason is not going to finish, is not right. going to complete. And when I know that we're fine with that, like we want it to be right. And if this isn't the right thing, then let's go find the home or find the investment that is going to be the right one. It does give you a sense of being cared for. And we want our businesses to be built on relationships. Yeah, I kind of think of it as a client cash care program. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> client cash care program. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, Kate, let me ask you, what book are you reading right now that's making an impact on you, whether personal or professional? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of what. Oh, one that I read recently that I just love that I want to read again is James Clear, Atomic Habits. Just a wonderful book on habits. It gets into the psychology, some fascinating stories. And habits is something that I come back to again and again. I'm a very right. abstract person and artistic and go by my intuition. And just like we talked about with caring for your cash, you've got to look at your bank account. I have to constantly review what is happening with my time. Am I making efficient use of my time? And I found that book very helpful. I've recommended it to others. Yeah, thank you. I love that. I love that. I'm all about habits. Good habits, right? Good habits. Absolutely. Habits <laughs> stick as well. So Kate, if someone's listening and they'd like to get a hold of you, you mentioned that you have the financial stress quiz. So how do we get that? Well, I wish I knew the URL for that, but I will make sure that, okay, that that's we'll on the homepage. The, you send it to me and we'll put it in. The okay, website. perfect. And if someone perfect. wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, I'm Kate at TotalWealthCoaching.com or through Facebook, Facebook forward slash Total Wealth. I do live videos every Wednesday. I'm active on Facebook and sometimes I get messages or simply at TotalWealthCoaching.com. Those are all the places you can find me. Okay, awesome, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this today. My hope is that everybody who's listened to it can just take a deep breath and say, you know what, I'm not stressed anymore. I'm going to slow everything down. I'm going to make sure I'm taking care of my clients, taking care of myself, and I'm going to recognize that money has an impact on me. Let's just make sure that it's a positive impact as opposed to the stressful impact. So thank you so much for sharing all of your great wisdom with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to share one last thing that popped up, which is if you are in a situation that you wish it was a better one financially, forgive yourself. Just that's such an important part of loving ourselves is just being able to forgive ourselves for whatever we've done. We're not going to change the past. And that gives you the perfect place to move forward from. So yeah, whatever situation you're in, embrace it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love leaving on, leaving on that note. 
Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, Tim. Listen to what Kate just said, and we'll catch you next time on the show. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets. Fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.